shining a spotlight on all the people, places, and things that make Utah unique. It's time for another episode of the Unique Utah Podcast. Broadcasting from his shit little apartment in Salt Lake City is your host, Evan Sorensen. All right, welcome to episode two. This is Unique Utah, the podcast dedicated to shining a spotlight on all the people, places, and things that make Utah unique. This is episode two, and today we are talking about the Gilgal Sculpture Garden in downtown Salt Lake City. These big slabs came from Wayne County, way down in, and they're just exactly like they hauled them in from the, from the mountain, with those slabs. They, he hadn't touched it because the scriptures tell you that if you build an altar and you touch it with a tool, you polluted it, so it has to be built out of natural that was his, that's the, the scripture that he followed. Lots of alders that have been made with the tools, but, and then the, the furnace where the sacrifice was burned, they took the fat from the sacrifice and put it in this, which is called the lamp of truth. Now this stone is exactly like it came, except that it was hollowed out by the flame to make it so that you could put a flame they put the fat in the lamp of truth and burned okay, it. Okay, so that was a clip of a lady by the name of Hortense Child Smith. She was talking about one of the sculptures in the Gilgal Garden entitled The Altar. Now, first of all, if you've never heard of the Gilgal Sculpture Garden, you are not alone. In fact, most people have not even heard of the Gilgal Sculpture Garden. So let's start there. First of all... It's located at 749 East, 500 South in Salt Lake City. Even knowing the address, it's quite hard to find because it's tucked behind a bunch of houses and businesses. In fact, it used to be the backyard of the man who created it. That man is known as Thomas Battersby Child. Child was born in 1885. He was a member of the LDS Church and a very wealthy businessman. In 1949, he began building sculptures out of stone in his backyard. These sculptures were very heavily influenced by his LDS beliefs. One of the more unique and somewhat bizarre sculptures is the Sphinx, which is a Sphinx body, much like the Sphinx in Egypt, except for the face is the face of Joseph Smith. Now, I'm not LDS, but I don't think I can blame my lack of knowledge in the LDS church for why I don't quite understand the sculptures in this garden. So, let's go back to an audio clip from Horton's child as she explains the Sphinx statue. You know, the Sphinx stands for the mysteries of life, the unanswerable questions, who we are, where we came from, where we're going. Those are universal questions of mankind, and uh, it has always been symbolic of that, according to the writings that we've read of him and what have you. And as you know, this in the Sphinx in Egypt, they put Ramsey's face in the Sphinx, that seemed to be the thing to do. Well, the, if you read the words on the stone here, 
these are uh, Emerson. The Sphinx is drowsy, her wings are furled, her ear is heavy, she broods on the world. Who'll tell me the secret her ages have kept? I awaited the seer while they slumbered and slept. Now what? Thomas Child was wanting to tell and portray in this is that the seer has come to him, Joseph Smith, was a Latter-day seer who brought the answers to these unanswerable questions, who we are, why we're here, and where we're going. And so he put the face of Joseph Smith in, in the outline of the Sphinx. Now you see in the front of it here is the, an outline of the west battlements of the Salt Lake Temple. If you go to the Temple Square and look up on those battlements, you'll see this, this outline of the Ursa Major with the North Star right in position where the North Star is. And uh, the architect's answer to the question is, what does that stand for, is that he wanted it to signify that through the priesthood, the lost would find their way. And so that's why that is there in the Sphinx. He's quoted, with, he's quoted the words of Brigham Young over here, too, which is significant about it. I hope I can read it. Uh, it. Why don't you read it? Do you see it? No, that's good. I can't see it. Anyway, he says that when, when I first heard... him preach. He's talking about Joseph Smith. When I first heard him preach, he brought uh, heaven and earth together and all the priests of their day could not tell me anything correct about heaven, hell, God, angels, or devils. They were as blind as Egyptian darkness. When I saw Joseph Smith, he took me to heaven and figuratively speaking and brought it down to earth. And he took the earth and brought it to up and opened up in plainness and simplicity the things of God. Now that answer, blind as Egyptian darkness, applies, of course, to the Sphinx here. Now these rocks are quartz. goes back before they blow away. And they, quartz is the hardest rock there is outside of a diamond. And it took the knowledge about the oxyacetylene torch to be able to carve this. And, uh, and because it took one man six months with a hammer and chisel to carve the cornerstone of the Salt Lake Temple which is out of quartz. It's that hard and so hard to do. So that's why the image of Joseph Smith is in, a, is in the Sphinx. Joseph Smith brought the answers to the questions. So that's a really old audio clip, and it's hard to hear, but you really need to go and actually see these sculptures in person. It is now a public park. When um, Thomas Child died in 1963, the family sold it to the city, and they dedicated it as a state park, and now you can go enjoy it, so you should go take a look at it. Thank you for listening to my podcast. 
if you want to hear any more, there's one more coming and I'm done with these. Shining a spotlight on all the people, places, and things that make Utah unique. It's Unique Utah Podcast.